Hello, this is Paul Nichols, the Investor Coach. Welcome to our podcast today. I hope this finds you well. Today, I want to do a market update and talk a little bit about uh, a push that I see in the financial services industry toward uh, this do-it-yourself model. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But let me let me get into the market update, the intent here. I'm, my name is Paul Nichols. I'm the Investor Coach. Um, it's Your Money is brought to you by Financial Abundance, a registered investment advisory firm in State College, Pennsylvania. We believe that education leads to clarity, clarity leads to confidence, and only with confidence can one have peace of mind. Uh, we do these podcasts with the, with the intent of pulling back the curtain on the financial services industry and exposing the truth about money and investing. We believe most people uh, can grasp uh, financial concepts. They're not, they're not complex. It's not rocket science. The industry wants to imply that it's rocket science and baffle people uh, or intimidate them. We believe that education leads to clarity. Uh, and part of why we do these on a regular basis, and we've done them for almost a decade now. Market update. Let's talk about this. The idea of doing the market update um, is it's designed to give you a really good glance of the overall market. Uh, in fact, today we seem to be hitting new highs in the Dow as of today. Today is a 920, uh, September 20th, 2018. Uh, and the intent of doing the market update is to give you a, a quick complexion of the global marketplace to get an idea of how one who would have a well-diversified global portfolio and how, how it might be faring. So let's talk about that. We're going to use some different index or in-dice in plural. Uh, index would be, for example, the S&P 500 index would be a group of roughly 500 large U.S. companies. That would be a snapshot of large U.S. companies. When you go to something like uh, the Russell 2000 index, that would be uh, a snapshot of small U.S. companies. So different indexes measure different segments of the marketplace. The intent of investing, own equities, diversify, rebalance. Own equities, stocks, bonds, diversify globally around the world in all the countries and areas that you can invest in. And rebalance on a religious and regular basis with some, some set rules that are immovable, that are etched in stone, if you will, as it relates to doing that. With all that in mind, that would be the prerequisite to understanding uh, why the market update would have any impact on you, and that is because if you had a global portfolio, you would want to know this stuff. So let's start with the S&P 500. This is all year-to-date, as of 9-20-2018. Year-to-date, S&P 500, 8.7%. So we're doing really well with U.S. large this year. Not into double digits, single digits, started out a little rocky. Russell 1000, that would be a measurement of value companies. Not growth companies, but U.S. large value companies. Uh, that's 4.75%. Value companies defined by, by the... Um, Academics, so Nobel laureates in economics and finance would be companies that are unexcellent. A growth company would be an excellent company. A value company would be an unexcellent company. We should expect a higher rate of return in a value company than we would in a growth company. But value companies, U.S. large values, 4.75%. So large growth in value, 8 and 4 respectively. We get into small U.S., uh, the small cap and micro areas of the marketplace measured by the Russell 2000 index, about 11.9% year-to-date, doing very, very well. I'd say that's the winner, winner, chicken dinner in the U.S. arena. We go down to small value companies, not growth, but small value companies, and it's just shy of 8%. So where we're seeing the winner for the U.S. marketplace is in uh, U.S. small and micro companies. When we head into the international arena, a whole different ballgame. Um, in fact, night and day, when we look at the Morgan Stanley Capital International World Index, that basically uh, measures um, countries that are developed. 
uh, like Australia, Australia, Denmark, New Zealand, Norway, Spain, Sweden, UK, just to name a few. International's having a rough time this year. Uh, it's down negative 4%, roughly, which is really frustrating. Obviously, when we go into the Morgan Stanley Capital International Europe, Australia, Far East, when we look at the international arena, that's a whole different ballgame. Morgan Stanley Capital International World Index, uh, that would measure developed countries like uh, Australia, France, Norway, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, UK, just to name a few. International's having a rough time. These would be developed countries, are about 4% negative year to date. When we look at the Australia, uh, Europe, Australia, Far East, or the EFI index, this would be the Morgan Stanley Capital International. That would be looking at all the developed markets, excluding the U.S. and Canada. It's down 4%. So international right now is about 4% down in the large arenas. Uh, we get into the, when we get into the uh, small cap arena, uh, internationally, it's down three and a half percent. When we get into the emerging markets arena, it's down 11 percent. So what we're seeing is a slight uptick uh, uh, year to date for this year in a well diversified portfolio. The, the challenge is this: own equities, diversify, rebalance. We have a situation where U.S. is doing really well. I think the Dow is going to hit all new high today. Um, the hundredth time it's done that in the last couple of years, it's just extraordinary. The U.S. is doing really well, but internationally is not. So what happens in a well-diversified portfolio, if you own equities, diversify, and rebalance, the rebalancing would say we're going to take some of those gains out of the U.S., and we have to buy more shares of international while it's down. That would be the, just the natural progression of prudent uh, long-term investing. So uh, the frustrating thing about that is when we look at our portfolio, if you look at a portfolio that's not well diversified, it, it's going to be up more than a one that's, that is because U.S. is predominantly strong. And what we see is a flavor toward U.S. Uh, in most people's portfolios when in a well diversified portfolio, it should really be one of the smallest weightings U.S. in a well-diversified portfolio, U.S. large, that is, I should say. Um, but uh, what's interesting is, and you look at a well-diversified portfolio, often the result of the rebalancing doesn't show up for six months or 18 months or a couple years because when, a, when an area is down, this happened four years ago. For three years, international was down. The prudent thing to do was continue rebalancing into that. Well, when it turned, it was... Uh, best performing asset class last year, by example. Here's going to be the worst performing asset class this year, but you never know until hindsight being 2020. That's why it's so important to keep a, keep a little bit of a pulse on the market as a whole and these different index because it helps you stay grounded uh, and not buy into all the hype to and the social, political, economic climate that is often uh, put out there by the financial industry to encourage people uh, to do things I think that are imprudent, that is to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed, because if you have a well-diversified portfolio, not everything's going to be up at the same time. The idea is umbrellas and suntan lotion. This is why it's important to own all the different areas. You never know what's going to be up until after the fact. This leads into the main point I wanted to talk about today outside of the market update, and that is in the area of do-it-yourself investing. There seems to be a push 
in the financial industry, a huge amount of money is being spent by major financial firms, the giants, to encourage Americans in this whole idea of do-it-yourself investing. That, that in fact, if the information is available to reasonable people and they have access to the ability to trade and manage their portfolios, uh, that they'll win. That the idea is by eliminating any any human involvement, if you will, uh, that we can just I can I can read the information, I can see, and I can make discernments or choices as to what's best moving forward. The, the challenge with that is it gives people the illusion of control. Does the sociopolitical economic climate really have any bearing on long-term investing? According to Nobel laureates, they would say no, that the short-term sociopolitical economic news and climate is nothing more than noise, that from an investment perspective long-term, there's no proof that would, that would empirically show any consistency uh, in approaching the whole do-it-yourself, social, political, economic, climate monitoring to make changes. Because what it does is it gives people the illusion of control, and then it, in, it, it creates a situation where the information they gain sometimes creates paralysis of analysis, but what it does, it gives, it gives them logical hooks to pursue the three greatest greatest detriments, the greatest concerns to long-term investing in portfolio construction, and that is stock picking, market timing, and track record investing. There's not one shred of empirical evidence. In fact, there is a massive mound of empirical evidence that would support that stock picking, mark timing, and track record investing are nothing more than attempts to speculate and gamble within the market that trying to pick stocks for the average American is futile when professional money managers only 15% beat the market half the time when we talk about U.S. large stocks. It is a very difficult proposition. Own equities, diversify, rebalance. Stock picking, track record investing, trying to look at a track record to determine what's going to happen in the future, doesn't make any sense at all. There's no evidence to support it. Let me give you one little antidote for that, in fact. Here we look at the ounce of gold. An ounce of gold as of today, uh, September 20th, is $1,200.30, ladies and gentlemen. Five years ago, it was $1,329. Ten years ago, it was $891. And 20 years ago, it was $345. That doesn't make any sense at all. But there's a very strong logical argument. Gold as a golden investment, if you will. This is just one example of what happens when we start to seek information and we seek out patterns. And our brain looks for patterns and we find patterns. When it comes to investing, we are our own best enemy. We are our own. Our humanness creates a situation where it's very difficult for us to see things clearly. Now, we can see it in someone else's situation, but not so much in ours. And let me illustrate that. Look at dieting. Multi-billion dollar industry, the whole health, fitness, dieting industry, okay? Two simple rules. Eat less, move more if you want to lose weight. You want to gain weight, move less, eat more. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple formula. We all know that. You can't get up at 2 a.m. and turn on the TV and not see some health-related infomercial that's selling some type of cream or pill or piece of equipment or something. There's often the illusion of control when, when the reality is what, what we, we are in control all along. What we need is more discipline or someone to discipline us. Some people often ask, 
Why are these actresses and actresses, boy, they look good. How do they stay in such great shape? Well, generally, most of them have personal trainers. The personal trainers aren't there to show them how to pick up a barbell or how to run on a treadmill. It's there for accountability purposes. The challenge is most of us cannot really be honestly, truthfully, 100% accountable when our own humanness gets in our way. With all that being said, I want to offer to you a, a little nugget. It, it's the old saying, uh, what's the old Latin saying? Caveat emptor, uh, let the buyer beware. There's no fiduciary responsibility other than facilitating the trade by the large firm when it comes to you acting on your own. So in other words, there, there's no one guiding you, helping you along, walking, watching out for the pitfalls. And the perception out there and what the large firms want people to believe is that all they need is information and the ability to make trades, that they're better off by cutting out any human involvement that might cost them. There's no value that comes to the table. And, and I would disagree with that. I don't think that you can quantify financial peace of mind, but I do believe that it can be achieved because I've experienced it and watched it happen with many people. Education leads to clarity, clarity leads to confidence, and only with confidence can one have peace of mind. And when you look at financial, the whole financial landscape, and really realize that it's not rocket science, that it really is own equities, diversify, rebalance, Put that into play and allow someone or some mechanism, hopefully, and I don't know that it's going to be computers, to help you stay disciplined and encouraged and continue to feel that you're doing the right thing long term and that that in fact the social, political, economic climate has no bearing short term on the long term reality of what's happened in the market. It never has. I don't believe that it ever will. And for anyone that really wants to take the time to research it and dive into that, they will come to the same conclusion because the evidence is clear. So I would often encourage people uh, when it comes to this whole area of finance not to be intimidated, but to realize there's only a few simple rules that you need to understand. And intellectually, we can all encompass, we can understand those rules. The challenge is continuing to act on them. Move more, eat less. It's a challenge. We all know that intellectually. Very simple recipe. Same with investing. Now, as it relates to getting access to the market and, and, and incorporating the concept of own equities, diversify and rebalance, it does become very daunting because there's so many people and, and companies and mechanisms and products vying for the investor's money or market share. This is where, this is where advice is important. When in your life has a coach not been beneficial? Hopefully, they've always been beneficial in your life, whether it be uh, going to the doctor, whether it be going to the chiropractor, whether it be going to any professional. That's in essence what we're doing is we're paying for the intellectual property of their advice, what they do for a living. So with that being said, I wanted to offer up that little nugget as more of a cautionary tale. Because we start to see an environment right now where the market's up. It's been up for a couple years, and it's up in the U.S. here, but not internationally now. And people start to get lulled into this false sense of confidence that, in fact, they do have some control. When in reality, over the long haul, the market is going to go up, the market's going to go down. The market would be a piece of cake if it wasn't for the several billion irrational people that make up the $350 billion worth of volume that happens every day and the hundred and almost 200 million shares of trading that happen every day. How can all that happen with so many smart people that realize that the formulas own equities, diversify and rebalance? I submit to you because it's lucrative. It's lucrative not to promote that message. 
not in whole. So with all that being said, that's Paul's opinion. You're welcome to it. This is Paul Nichols, the investor coach, pulling back the curtain on the financial services industry and exposing the truth about money and investing. I hope this finds you well. I hope you have a profitable day. Thank you for listening.